bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Every week, the dedicated staff of the Queen City Bureau meet in the sub-sub-basement of City Hall to draft recommendations, make policy reports, and save off dehydration by drinking the boiler pipe water. Maybe someday, they'll escape from that dark maze. But until then, the city is not going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Oh. What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. You, you startled me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I didn't mean good. to do that. Okay, that seems I'm, to be a thing. I'm on edge today. Yeah? Yeah. Whoa. That was new. Not too much. No? Um, I've been uh, living in the sub-basement for a couple of years. Uh, sort of... You know, Funny, you sleep, leave. Yeah. We're the same. <gasps> same. Yeah. Sleeping in a nest of, like, you know, dot matrix printer that we shred and mm-hmm. sometimes eat. You know, whatever we can do to stay alive here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've got a big meeting today. Oh, excellent. Uh, so we should okay. probably get to it. Do you uh, do you have, like, an agen- attendance? Um, I have an agenda and and an, att- and, an, and an attendance on my agenda. Right. So, okay, so our first... First attendee is a uh, Deutsch plane. No, nope, nobody's claiming the name. No, no Deutsch plane. No, no Deutsch plane. Oh yeah. Well, because I mean, for those who um, well, I mean, for those who never listened or watched uh, underground cable access comedy agit prop out of Detroit in the eighties, you wouldn't know the name Deutsch plane. But if you did watch. Uh, you know, cable access comedy agitprop out of Detroit in the 80s. Right. You, you probably still wouldn't know Deutsch Plane because almost everybody in the uh, the range of cable access uh, channel, they all got scarlet fever and, uh, yeah, and they're deaf and blind now. Hmm. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Huh. So, yeah. Um, and that so Deutsch Plane's going to be talking about that? Yeah, well, uh, presumably. That was like the first impediment to his, like, success. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were subsequent impediments. There's uh, floods, fires, animal attacks. And uh, a portal to an alternate dimension that swallowed him up and uh, sent him to a world where uh, nobody likes underground cable access uh, comedy agitprop. Huh. It's much like our world. Right. That's probably the biggest impediment is that nobody liked his comedy. Maybe he didn't so much get sucked through a portal as he just, like, walked through a door. That's possible, too. Left the station. And we just, um, people just said, hey, you're in an alternate world now. And Deutsch was very, very gullible. Yeah. Yeah, That's possible. Um, I can't wait to hear him talk about that. You know, I don't, I don't see him. You know what? I think. Uh, sorry, this is a little awkward. I think I've mixed up the letters in his name. Oh dear. Um, I gotta stop doing this. So hold on. Just, just the P. Paul Deschen. That's me. Okay, you're here. They're present. That's fantastic. Okay. Okay. Next uh, attendee is Maori Dangan. Maori? Yeah, um, we have Maori Dangan in studio. Really? Yes. That's exciting. Oh, me too. Yeah. I have the whole card set. Wow. I do. So do you know? Because I, I don't actually know who Maori Dangan is. Well, I mean, I have his records. Oh. Yeah. Okay, because I... And uh, the lunch pail. Fantastic. Because yeah. I, I went on... And the, the commemorative uh, tablecloth. Nice. It's plastic, but still, it's a collector's item. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I've never seen these these memorabilia yeah. items. And the mask. But, uh, there was like the Halloween mask. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Those are pretty cheap. Yeah, I can imagine. And they had to recall them because they didn't have eye holes and a lot of kids died. <laughs> that's, 
Like, or the, the, like, the, like the pumpkin masks from Halloween yeah. uh, that just like devoured their heads. <laughs> devoured their heads, yeah. That was, they should never have had those like druidic like shards installed. That was, that was yeah. a bad plan. Bad, bad move. Yeah. Not, not great, Maori. Not no. great. Because, um, see, well, I hadn't heard of uh, Maori, so I, uh, I went and I... I really I, uh, don't know who he is. Oh, well, but I... But I, I started collecting all of his memorabilia. Well, I went on the uh, internet... And I, I booted up Netscape Navigator mm-hmm. uh, to search for him. And uh, I, I, um, I used a Hotbot. I used Lycos. I used Yahoo Search. Web Spider. I used Web Spider. I used Web Crawler. I used Alta Vista. I used Northern Lights. I used Dogpile. I even asked Jeeves, who apparently is like some guy who's got nothing to do but like answer it, questions on internet. So, but it, it gave me nothing. So I bet you he's a MAGA troll. Oh, he pro- probably is. Uh, so anyway, I um, I went to uh, Usenet Group uh, Alt uh, Cool New Search Engines, right? Uh, and uh, found Google, mm-hmm. and it just said when I put in Maru Dangan, it just said, "Do you mean Aiden Morgan?" Oh, yeah, because you know who that is. That is you. Oh, yeah. Well, excellent. Okay, so I'm right. here too. Good. Uh, and we have a third attendee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who is he? Who, who is the third attendee? Well, according to my notes, and I think it might be spelled right, we have Sean Cook. That's correct. Hey, oh. Sean. Hey, guys. How you so doing? This is Sean Cook, the Sean Cook from Comedy Grind. Game Not Day. a Sean Cook. Right. The Sean Cook. Yeah. yeah. And Jam and Juice. Right. All on uh, CJTR 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio, the mighty CJTR. Mighty, mighty. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for inviting me into the sub-basement, you guys. Absolutely. Uh, you yeah. guys are working on a different level, and that's clearly a couple... Levels down. Several, Beneath several City levels Hall. Down. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> Mega troll. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you? Why are you here? What do you like? What do you? What do you? What do you got going on? I'm here Mr. because Clark. I'm uh, myself and a few other talented individuals in the beautiful Queen City. Uh, we're making a, a series. We're filming a series, a, uh, a a comedy series about the machinations behind the scenes uh, of the Regina comedy scene. Oh. Uh, minus the actual comedy. So it's everything off of stage, everything that happens behind the stage. Okay. Everything with all of the, the crazy characters, the problems, and trying to uh, uh, navigate and work on a comedy scene in a, in a smaller city like Regina. So is this a... Is this like a Game of Thrones type thing about all the backstabbing <laughs> and the, the the lewd sexual behavior and um, the, I head, love the head decapitating? <laughs> Maybe not to quite the decapitation levels, but like Game of Microphones. Like it is, oh, it is oh, completely, oh, I like that. It is completely, it is completely nice. on. So there's, yeah. it's not quite stab in the back type things, but there is that element because uh, in one element with, with comedy, with a lot of the arts, you're competing with other artists and the comedians for the same kind of dollars but in a city like regina we're kind of forced to we have to we have to be friends um, you know my, my best friends are the other comedians and sometimes they're you know it, you know it, best friends that are family or that you're close to inevitably there's going to be going to be some some conflict gotcha. and so that's what this uh, that's what the show is going to be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of conflict right and so you're this small community 
that's yes. always fighting for scraps. Yes. So you're mm. kind of like feral cats. Yes, completely. Nice. And okay. then, so yes, comedy ensues. Okay. You know, so it's, uh, I mean, there's going to be, uh, I mean, it's, it's a comedy, but it's also the elements of the dr dramatic effects of it's going to pull, it's going to pull on the heartstrings. Okay. It's going to be, I think, a little bit of a relatable story. Uh, obviously, it's going to have local flair, all local uh, crew and local actors. So we're, uh, we're pretty pumped to, to get to it. We filmed a, a little sizzle reel because we're filming the whole, sh the whole series in uh, late August. So right now what we're doing is we're having a, a screening on Saturday night. Oh. And then uh, we're launching a crowdfunding campaign on uh, Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, we're going full bore with this thing, and it's going to be pretty exciting. It's called It's a Hard Knock Knock Life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so all good. The fact that you guys... Mm. We are smiling and laughing I like that. that. Yeah. I feel like we're on we're on the right path. So mm -hmm. I, I would have done more laughter, but I was just like I just had a mouthful of water when you Spit said take. it. Spit take, hey, gentlemen, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. The CJTR brass, I'm sure, would be upset by that. By uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, spitting water on the soundboard. It's great fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. Nice. So yeah, we're really so. Thanks for having me on to talk about it. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to come, eight o'clock, no cover, Saturday night, twenty three thirty eight Dudney Avenue. It's gonna be a little bit of music comedy, and then we're gonna show about the trailers about two two and a half minutes. Okay. So, uh, oh. so just kind of kind of wet your beak a little bit, and then we're gonna have a pitch video as well on the whole uh, campaign, the Indiegogo campaign that we start on Monday morning. And uh, so we're gonna be looking for a little bit of contribution. We've got some great gifts if people contribute. And uh, yeah, so we're looking for some of the funding for the financing for this project from the from the campaign, and we built and we built this sizzle reel. So, um, kind of follows the lives of the three main characters are Steve, Jack, and Dennis. Mm -hmm. uh, each character is kind of at, at different spots in their comedy career. One is a little bit older. I mean, I'm, I play Steve, who's kind of the older, wilier vet, who's a little bit of a chip on his shoulders because he didn't quite make it. You know. Not semi-autobiographical <laughs> at all. Not at all, right? And then Jack is a new guy who just kind of came back from the big city, didn't quite make it. He's, you know, he's kind of coming back from Toronto. And then Dennis is a character who's kind of moving from the improv world into the stand-up world. Oh. And the kind of uh, goings-on between those two subsets of, uh, of comedy. And then there's a whole other colorful cast of characters around that and uh, how they... Uh, weave in and out of our lives as we oh. so what happens in the sizzle reel is basically all of the inciting incidents for what happens in the series gotcha. so if you come out and you check it out or when you, when you watch online next week uh, all the things that happen in the trailer are going to lead us up to what happens in the series like a couple months later so that's uh, it's kind of a rut and uh, I'm really excited to get it going cool yeah so who else is involved in this uh, well, I'm assuming it's not just you and like it's, different. No, it's costumes. not just no. me. Yeah, no, the big reveal is not me doing which. Well, you guys were talking about uh, uh, the Detroit Public Access comedy. I don't know if you guys, uh, Hilarious House of Frankenstein. Oh my god! I don't god. know if you guys ever yeah. watched that back oh, in the day. Indeed, yeah. we did. Uh, I feel like we're all around the same, same age. age. Yeah, uh, Grimhelda, like the, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Billy, I can't remember his Billy name. Van. That's Billy Van. Billy Van. Oh, Billy Van. What that yeah. guy could do with all his different characters. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm only playing one guy. But I'm also directing and, and producing. Um, Jason Rister, local guy, is going to be director of photography. David Roman is uh, on sound, and he's worked on, he's one of the best guys in the city. Uh, Josh Fleming, David Carnegie, mm -hmm. fill out a couple of guys in the cast. And uh, then we've got a couple other local actors, Amy Mantica, Cam Showman. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to, so we, we were, we're peppering it with a lot of local talent. And that's the thing about in this city. I've been, I moved back here in 09. Uh, so. 
the last you know seven eight years getting to know a lot of the people that are in town you know it's particularly after the film tax credit got cut you know a lot of people left town a lot no, of the people who make ever. the films yeah. left town but there was this uh, uh, a few people stayed and then there was this awesome crop of uh, young students that came up through through you our film program and some of them will be working on this project uh, I'm producing with Logan Vangel he's, he's won a CIFA uh, been nominated for one as well he, he's involved in producing and acting on this and uh the people that stayed and the people that have kind of built up and been around in this kind of cool scene are incredibly talented, and we're gonna we're we're about to do some damage for incredibly low budget. <laughs> we, we are, I think I've assembled a really really talented team, and uh, we're gonna do it for you know for bare for a bare bones budget, and uh, we're really excited to do it because it's, that's gonna have that gritty feel. I think it's what it needs yeah. to be to kind of bleed off of the screen. So I think we really, what we've got in the sizzle reel, I think in the, in the couple of minutes that we filmed over the course of a couple of days, and we filmed a ton, and we just took you know took the snippets out, and I think we really got something though. I'm really cool. I'm really happy with it. So I th I hope that the rest of the the city and the the comedy world and people beyond. I mean, because the goal is to make this, and then someone backs up a truckload of money for us to make season two, right? And then oh, yeah. you, know, we'll, uh, you know, there's the there's the dream, right? right. So. We'll see. I just I got a lot of stories in me. I know a lot of the other guys do as well. So uh, we we won't have any. Uh, we'll never run out of material. Put put it that way. Because there's there, there's always something. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I don't know if you guys watch Silicon Valley. Yes, it's one of my favorite, I, yes. one yeah. of my favorite comedies, and show. how they don't have one second of happiness in that show. As soon as they get one <laughs> piece of good news, immediately <laughs> yeah, it just crashes. Away, and I mean, yeah. that's I mean, every story is driven by conflict. But I, Silicon Valley, I think, is on another level of like how they just can't breathe ever. So I kind of wanted to mirror, you know, that kind of not necessarily pacing, but the idea that happiness is hard to come by in the stand-up comedy world of Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not semi-autobiographical <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm extremely happy. You guys. <laughs> uh, um, if you can guarantee one episode where all the characters get really high and like steal stuff off the set of, set of a wolf cop sequel, <laughs> then I'll contribute to your Kickstarter. <laughs> okay, so I will. We'll see. Okay, I'll see. We'll, season one's kind of we, we got it kind of mapped out, so I could yeah. we can definitely write that into season two quite <laughs> awesome. quite easily for sure. Nice. I'm all about. Getting high and stealing stuff. No, I'm not. Mom, if you're listening, that's, that is not that is not the case at all. Yeah. It's purely comedy. Yeah. Well, you say you have a trailer uh, put together. Is this? Um, have you just shot bits for the trailer, or do you guys have like more? Like, do you have more stuff prepared already? There's more stuff, and we plan to possibly show a couple other small videos of the scenes. The way I wrote it. I mean, the way we wrote the trailer, it was just, we, we shot in a ton of different locations and we just wanted that one line. Mm. But while we were building it, scenes kind of crept up around these lines, then we ended up with way more footage for what we, than what we actually needed. So in theory, we probably could cobble together a whole episode already, but it wasn't written that way, so right. it wouldn't be able to view right. it that way, wouldn't... We're not yeah. doing. We're not doing that. So, so it's sure. like the first Rogue One trailer. Kind of. Like, oh, this is an awesome movie, and then we got like the movie we got. Well, yeah. and what was, but yours will be good. Well, what was really cool with with working with the crew that we assembled was it was kind of us uh, getting to know each other as a team and the kind of the pace that we were going to work at. I mean, we had we, we had a ton of we did we shot for over two and a half days, and each day oh. we had about five location moves, which is that's insane. insane. That's insanity. Yeah. But we were just doing to get small little snippets. So when we're right. shooting in the summer, at most we'll only have one location, maybe two changes a day, at most. And some days we'll be in the, we'll be in the same location, because you have to. We're working around the things that we have, you know, apartments, houses that we, you know, have access to or pay rent at, you know, different clubs that we've worked at that we know that we can get to. Um, so 
it'll, it, you know, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. It's because on those days that when we work together, we just kind of gauge each other's rhythm. I'm, I'm a team sports guy, so I played team sports my whole life. Ooh. It's crossing over into the world of stand up, mm. being so individualistic. I mean, it's great, but you know, it's a lot like. You know, it's all like sex. It's always better with somebody else, right? Like I generally, yeah, generally, yeah, generally. Speak, speak for yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I just, I just, it was really fun working with this team, and I'm really excited to see with what we can do because you know the couple days that we had together, we know what we're gonna do different when we're in the when we're in the full shoot, and uh, I'm just, I'm really excited for it, and time's flying by because it's coming up like this. So. Mm. Yeah. Is this gonna be a? Uh Sort of a standard narrative. Oh, I should mention this is 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Speaking with Sean Cook uh, about your upcoming uh, series, uh, is this going to be a uh, mockumentary or is this going to be a series? Like, how, how do you no, so how do you conceive it being framed and put no. together? Uh, fiction. It's yeah. Complete, okay. complete fiction. So, no, yeah, so okay. it's, not, it's not mockumentary. We're not winking right. at the camera. Okay. You know, there's no, but there's no laugh track and I wouldn't call it sitcom style. And I, I don't want to call it straight out comedy. I mean, it's you know, it's gonna it's gonna play, it's gonna flirt with that with that comedic dramatic nice. edge swords. I've, yeah. I've got a couple really good actors that we're gonna mine some comedy out of putting us into some incredibly awkward situations. That ultimately, though, at the end of some of the episodes, I hope there's a few tears too. I, I, right. You know, I want the the audience to be able to go through the range of emotions and. Myself as an entertainer, that's the stuff I love to do. Whether it's you know making someone laugh is the best, but being able to pull on the heartstrings as well and and, and uh, uh, roll those tears down or yeah. have some people really feel uh, something different, whether it's empathy, sympathy, whatever it is. Uh, as an artist, that's what I really get off on. That's mm. what I really uh, strive to do: just make you feel something. Leave the the theater, the show, the stage, whatever it is, thinking something, thinking about that, reflecting on that, and then maybe using it for your own benefit, right? right? And how you can make it make the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so when you uh, when you're putting together a show like this, uh, presumably like the other people you're working with are other comedians. Um, you're all improvisers. You're all like, you know, hunting for the joke. Uh, is this going to be like a strictly scripted thing, or are you guys going to be like well, farting around with the camera? Well, funny you should ask this because this is the philosophical battle that took place during us shooting the trailer. Because a lot of it, well, I had my this, the few scripted lines that I wanted for the trailer, but everything else around that was improv. Which, though, in the editing room afterwards, which I didn't edit, my editor uh, David Carnegie was one of the oh, yeah. you know, was one of the actors. Too. It's a nightmare to edit that because every acting choice is different. Yeah. So moving into the show. We're we're working on more scripted and less improv, and we're going to be going throughout July here. We're doing some more of the rehearsals, so we fine-tune a couple things, so we know where those punches are. And then it's kind of like, once you have it down pat, the, the beats that you know where you, want, where you want to have them, you can allow everybody to play a little bit more, and then there's a few magic moments that maybe you didn't anticipate. That's what I want to capture. I want to be able to build these playgrounds, put, mm. the, put the actors and the comedians in place, and be like, hey, you have to hit these lines. We need this. This is how we rehearsed it out in the timing. But if something, ma you know, if something comes up here, I'm not going to eat your lunch because you added this line or you <laughs> felt this moment here. Because I know from an acting point of view, for myself, when I'm allowed to give have a little bit more free reign with it, uh, it's infinitely more fun for myself. So I kind of want to direct that experience as well. So uh, mostly scripted, a little bit of improv. Okay. Started out where it was going to be a little bit was going to be 
more improv heavy, but as the technical process of it, we're, we're definitely pushing to where we have to have it more scripted just for our coverage, just for editing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, because I've heard horror stories of, you know, improv projects that, you know, get stuck in production, post-production hell because they can't, they can't cut it together because what storyline do we actually yeah. have here? Right. Yeah, that, that's why. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that Judd Apatow does that because mm-hmm. he has, like, the budget and the time and, and the skilled actors to, like, make it work. But, I mean, who, who, who else has that, those kinds of resources? For, like, impro- you know, that kind of thing. So for these first six yeah. episodes, we have, I mean, all the scenes are laid out. We have all, all the character arcs are there. I mean, I've got seven seasons. I know where I wanted this to end at seven seasons. Like and oh. at the end of that, like I've got, you know, so I can, that's the way I think about it, right? I always go back to Lost. Did okay. you guys watch Lost? I have watched Lost, yeah. And, I mean, we all knew from the beginning what the end of that show was. They pretty, they, you know, they couldn't hold that in. They pretty much had let that sneak, sneak out. So when at the end of the show, spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> when you find out that they're, you know, they're all dead... You know, they basically said they, the whole time they had their four or five last back scenes built. And then, they, you know, they filled in six years in the middle. I've got, <laughs> I've got my back scenes definitely built nice. with season one. And then we'll have some fill so we can do some, uh, you know, some of the stuff that you want to do, stealing stuff off of a future Wolf Cop set or, or, or whatever right. it is or whatever things come up. Because basically the, the season one, it kind of is a smash up of a whole bunch of different storylines. Plus some made up things from my, you know, through my point of view and a few others from, say, 2010 to 2016 kind of you know what i mean so obviously the time sequence is going to be all out of whack in the in the knock knock universe the the kku i don't know if that's the (laughs) slickest name but we're going you know marvel universe is all the rage so we're trying to you know we're building a universe right yeah nice um so when you're doing something like this you were talking about like doing a on location shots uh what do you put in the background of a shot in Regina? Like, where do you pick to shoot in the Queen City? Oh, jeez. Um, well, my apartment yeah. was one of the was one of the part was one of the characters' places. Uh, my ex-wife' house was yeah. one of the uh, characters' places. Uh, we shot at uh, Gabos where we're doing the screening on Saturday night. Uh, we shot at about to be opened Cure over on Eleventh. We had a little we had a little oh, scene in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We went up on Douglas Park Hill. And shot an exterior okay. scene late night in a truck, like two of the characters having a having a wig wag. So we had a little, you know, a little bit of scope of the city. Uh, we shot some footage, but it's not going to be in the trailer because it just didn't quite foot uh, work. But we shot at the Pilot Bones Derby Club game a few a few a couple months back because I announced for them as well. So we had so my you know my character Steve also announces roller derby. You know what right. I mean? So nice. Um, yeah. And then. I'm trying to think a couple other spots that we had. We did a couple cheats outside for a few things, and then there's a couple spots where we're hoping to shoot at my family farm for one of the one of the episodes. Something takes place out there, so we're going to probably shoot out there. I mean, you use what you have what right. you have access to, right? And without without an expense. One of the things that we're what we're looking to do, we're going to have our own space for for August that we're going to set deck as the you know oh, nice. as the you know. The crew's space, and also as our production studio for the, you know, at least for that month, right? Right. So instead of having to move stuff all the time and have a different, we'll have, we'll have our own space. So, um, and then there's a couple other little. I have we got to map out a few other spots still too that we're still looking for a couple of locations. So, right. which is a whole another set of challenges, and then having to match those schedules up with people's work schedules, and then you know I've taken time off of uh, my my Joe job during the day for pretty much the whole month of August to do this. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a big undertaking, but I'm super excited about it, and we've got a great, 
we've got a great cast and crew, so I'm 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 over the moon. Right on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, we have to move on to the next item on our agenda. I actually have a couple more questions. Can sure. Stick around of course. For the second half of the yeah. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how's he doing? Uh, so far on the uh, the test. You know that oh. everybody who comes to the Queensland right. Improvement Bureau is um, basically auditioning. It's oh, like yeah. an audition. To be an improvement vector. So oh, right wow. now you're an improvement vector candidate. Oh, right? wow. I'll yeah. take an IVC. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. You're an official yeah. IVC. Um, but uh, listen to that. You know, your, your interview. And I think you actually qualify as oh, an wow. improvement vector. Uh, so here, here's your certificate. Oh, <laughs> signed! <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I wish I would have had this beforehand because this guy would be the star of uh, <laughs> It's a Hard Knock Knock Life. That's great. Thanks, guys. I, I wish I had known the name. We, we could have of the show. We could have we could have put that into. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, as it is, we exhausted all our research funding on getting the spelling of your name right. Oh, you guys, so. this is great. This is more. This is more prep work than than, <laughs> than on the. I, I'm seriously. I'm blown away. You guys, this is, I'm speechless. I can't. This might be one of my all-time favorite achievements. Awesome. Thank you very right much. On. It also sure. comes with this vanilla envelope. Oh, I get the yeah. envelope, too. Oh, you get the envelope, too. Please, because I have to transport this. Yeah, I don't want to... You know, I'm going to frame this. <laughs> <laughs> but if, so you, if you lose the envelope, uh, you can requisition a new one. It only takes six to eight weeks. Okay, perfect. So. Thanks, so, guys. Yeah. Um, next item on the agenda is innovative revenue tools, right. where we come up with tools that are innovative that generate revenue. Is that what... Really? Mm -hmm. I, I always thought they were... Something different. Nope. Oh, no, no, okay. it's all there in the name. It's oh. a tautology. Well, yeah, well, you know, I thought I thought it was too obvious. I thought yeah. you were trying to put one over on me. Nope. Huh. Nope. Never trying to trick you. All right. Um, I thought I don't have one, so oh. I thought what we could do is, um, Sean, you're, you're trying to raise revenue. Yes. Innovatively. Yes. yes. So maybe you could pitch one more time. Where, like, where can people find your? Fundraiser when it's live. Where can they go to watch the show again? Okay, so it'll, be, run it'll, everybody so it'll be live on Monday, and you can go, so it's going to be Indiegogo. So you can go to igg.me backslash at backslash knock knock show. Okay. Facebook, it's a hard knock knock life. <laughs> Contact me if you want to get involved. It's a hard knock knock life at gmail.com. Oh. Twitter and Instagram at knock knock show. All right. Sweet. And, and the, the show is Monday. at Gabo's? And the show's at Gabo's, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. There'll be some uh, music. Uh, Timothy Potters K, young local guy. He's going to be playing a little mm -hmm. bit of music. We're going to have a couple different comedians, and then we're going to be showing the sizzle reel for It's a Hard Knock Knock Life. Right on. Wow. Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. No, no worries. Okay, and uh, now we'll go to some uh, recorded Innovative Revenue Tools. Perfect. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Bonjour. Hey. Uh... Sean, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, of yeah. course. I uh, I love talking. Good. <laughs> so the other question I had, because we don't have a City of Regina fact this week, because right. I accidentally erased the tape. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. How do you erase an 8-track? That's what I want. <laughs> we, were out of toilet, we were actually out of toilet paper. I, I <laughs> erased it in quotey marks. <laughs> Okay, because I've been recording on that uh, particular length of cassette tape, so that's um, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, so in, in lieu of a Regina fact, uh, okay, often with shows that are set in cities that are about, you know, group of misfits in city, mm -hmm. the city becomes a character. Right. Yes. If the Queen City were to become a character in your show, mm -hmm. how would you describe the Queen City's character? Ooh. 
That's a good question. Oh, thank you. Man, man you got I think You could have emailed me that earlier today. Yeah, no joke. I you... came up with it during the commercial. Oh, jeez. Uh I would say that uh uh she's very welcoming. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. with uh Gus of being incredibly cold. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. Um uh, yeah, welcoming, but 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 can be cold and bitter at times. But would give you the shirt off of, uh, off their back. That's, like that's great. A, 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 that's... A, 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 a good a good trusted friend. Yeah, someone that you didn't see for ten years, but when you saw them, they wouldn't say, "Hey, how come you even called me?" But they would say, "Hey, how have you been?" Right. Well, that's great. I feel that's... like that's what the Queen City would be. That is a really warm. I'm getting a warm feeling off that description. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is my. This is my home. I feel like if I didn't feel that way, I wouldn't be able to be here, right? <laughs> like, I lived here. I mean, I'm a, I'm a farm boy, right. and then I moved into the Regina later, a little bit later on. I had I, My last couple of years of high school, I was in the city. But I was always in the city as a kid and stuff as well. But then I moved to Montreal, and I was in Montreal for a decade, hmm. Vancouver for about five, six, and then I've been back here now for... Uh, it's been, I guess 2018. Oh, it's been about nine years now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, after I had left, oh, I'm never moving back to Saskatchewan. Yeah. I'm never moving back to Regina. <laughs> the older I got, oh, never, never. And then, hey, yeah. I and had yet, a kid. I came yeah. back here. I'm like, this is the place I wanted to have a family. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got my issues with the Queen City and with our fair province of Saskatchewan. Um, but it's home. And I absolutely love it. So I can't think of, I couldn't think of doing this series or this show anywhere else or trying to set it somewhere else. It wouldn't make sense. But I also think that's why this series will be, uh, why it has a good chance of being a success because nobody else can tell this story, even though it's a story about misfits in the city, right? Yeah. Which has been told how many other times. Right. I think this is going to be a, a quintessential Regina tale. Right. So we'll see. Right. Do you plan to do any stuff in the winter, or are you going to like stick to just like summertime shoots? Well, this summer, this season will be a summertime. Yeah. But my my dream project movie <laughs> that I want to do yeah. is set in the middle of February. Yeah, in Regina. Yeah. So Oof. we'll see. Because that's like something like that's completely alien to a lot of the world. What it's like here on the prairies. Oh yeah, winter, I'm gonna right? to yeah. pull that project off i'm gonna have to assemble a very very special team to you know to, to, to brave february you know the month of february a, hearty in crew. a very hearty crew well i'm a big fan of uh have you ever seen a beautiful uh, beautiful girls yeah no. which is kind yeah. of that snow cap do they yeah. come back for a high school reunion that's a david gordon green film i have maybe oh uh, no one of the demis uh oh a no. demi who passed away i think of ted, 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 ted demi yeah okay. um but that's it's like rosie o'donnell uh, Matt Dillon, Uma Thurman, uh, Toby Emmerich, just a, a big cast. Mm. And it's set, it, it's it's super cold. And you can tell, like, they were cold shooting it. Yeah. Because if I, if I shot in the winter, the the coldness of the city would, I would want to come off on the screen. Like, I would, if you were to see that movie in the theater, I would want you to be cold in the theater, like, while you're watching it. Like, oh, jeez, <laughs> this is like, because that's what it's going to be like. Right. Because sometimes that's what it's like when, I mean, you guys know what it, Locked in the basement. It gets really cold. It can yeah. get cold down yeah. there. Yeah. It can get really cold down yeah. there. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons, though, too. And this happens in, with you know with Winnipeg as well. Why there's such a good indie music scene in Winnipeg because the winters are so long and people spend their time in their basements, just crushing jams, rehearsing it out. Right. And then right. the summer is so overrun with mosquitoes. Right. You're in your <laughs> basement. Back in your basement. Yeah. 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 So it's. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about the Queen City too, and why I think there's. Uh, uh, We've got a, a little bit of a, 
bend on our sense of humor too because the cold throws us off a little like you've got to have a, mm -hmm. something a little bit one of your degrees is off a little bit if you hang out for six months in Regina in the yeah. winter right yeah yeah it yeah. develops if you don't have it there it develops at some yeah. point you know and uh, I love it though I, I enjoy the cold I but hate it, it I hate it with passion see I'll, but I'll, here's oh, the thing man. I'll take minus 30 yeah. in sunshine over zero in rain every day and on the coast it drove me crazy oh the okay. mountains the ocean it's so beautiful bah <laughs> nah, gray. It's gray for two gray weeks. I can't yeah. whoop de doo. Yeah. I can't. I can't handle it. Ah. So. Um, and what about you? Were also talking about the difference between, like, the distance between stand-up comedians and, and improv. improv comedians. Ooh. Like, are you guys like, are you guys like Crips and Blood to the comedy world? Like, it's well, so, it's some, some more than others. Okay. There's, a, there's this kind <laughs> of unspoken. Uh, war between improv and stand-up. It's more on the stand-up side. And it's usually disgruntled stand-ups who can't do... who really can't improv. improv. If you want to be a good stand-up, you, ha you have to be able to improv. Okay. You have to be able to rea react off of the crowd if somebody comes at you. Whatever it is. The best stand-ups are great improvers. Yeah. There's some stand-ups that can make it work without being good at improv, but one little thing can throw them off. Right. Now, conversely, you know, there's some improvs that move over and then try to do stand-up and they find out really quickly, well, it's it's not quite the same thing. You can't come up on stage and improv seven minutes of stand-up. It doesn't work like that. And uh, there's a few different nuances. I mean, I've done both, and I've been, you know, with, you know, I guess there's three as well, right, with sketch comedy, the team atmosphere, right? right? right. Improv is the team making it up. Sketch is the team with it, rehearsing it out. Stand-up, it's just, it, you know, it's just you. Yeah. And with stand-up, I mean, it's a great feeling when it goes well. It's great. It's because, you know... I, I, you know, it was because of me. But when it goes awful, there's nobody else to blame either. You can't blame the audience. <laughs> like, no, dude, it was it was you. But sketch comedy, though, when it's on, boom, it's boom, on. boom, yeah. and you're passing around that comedic energy ball, and your your rehearsed lines and your timing bits have come out. Like, it's so hard to do that on your own. But then to have four or five people in the same sketch make that work, oh, it's wonderful. And I mean, I I'm a fan of great improv. But what I'm not a fan of is bad improv. So it's, it's hard, right? Oh, so we're, I can't. We're super like that's good where, that I, like that's yeah. where I, that's where I scale it out, right? Like yeah. I'll put, I'll put great sketch at the top, right? And then it kind of goes great stand up, and then it'll go great improv, and then I'll I would watch <laughs> uh, uh, bad stand up comedy. I really love bad stand up comedy, and then I can't stand bad sketch. Okay, and then bad improv oh, though is, what, yeah. is the is the right. at the bottom for me. Because bad stand-up, though, I And you wanted can... to do our show. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was Of course, thinking, of yeah. course. Yeah. No, you guys are great. The yeah. bad... <laughs> you you, you want to be in the presence of... You want to be part of the bad improv. Yes, of course. Yeah. No, the... But bad stand-up, though, there's a certain amount of beauty for me in bad stand-up. Like, when you see someone go up on stage and they're having, like, their slow metaphorical death in front of a room full of people. <laughs> no, there's that kind of American beauty head on the table moment of like seeing someone and I can know because I've been through that yeah I've died on stage before and felt like oh if I actually had like I would maybe take my consider taking my life if I had a firearm in my back pocket right <laughs> now. it's that it's that yeah. bad I mean people fear public speaking more than they fear de actual death yeah like, oh my goodness so to actually have that dying on stage it's so it's such a humbling experience so then to see some, somebody new going through that or even somebody older or a veteran going through it it's such a for me it's such a beautiful thing 
and usually I break it up by laughing really loud. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. To kind of break some of that silence sometimes too, but it's just like I can totally relate. I can empathize. And, you know, it's the plastic bag floating. It's just uh, <laughs> I just I love I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your influence? Like what what oh, comedians geez. do you like? My okay, so I have hmm. So I'd have to say my favorite comic all time would have to be Bernie Mac. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. he, he, uh, his set, in his 20 minutes in original Kings of Comedy, I saw in the theater. Oh, wow, well, yeah. And oh, yeah. I'd always loved stand-up. I'd always want, I always bugged my dad to let me stay up for the late-day shows because I always wanted to see the comedian. I, always, I loved stand-up. But I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I could do it or that would be a thing for me. I just always loved watching it. I never thought I could do it. But then in original Kings of Comedy, I had just started doing a little bit of acting, and I was watching this in the theater. And I remember I was his what, what he was doing with just his voice and kind of his, some of his mannerisms. And it's even, some people it's hard to understand him what he's even saying, but how he controlled and worked that crowd and how they loved him. And I had no idea who this guy was until I saw until I saw that. And because Bernie Mac show came out a little bit mm -hmm. after that, he didn't get success in his career till later on. You know he he. He, uh, you know, he got his young girl, he got his girlfriend pregnant really young. So he had a kid really young. He worked in like in Chicago, taking the L to go to work at this fish place for like three seventy five an hour. And what he started doing was on working on the L was telling jokes on the sub, basically tell on the subway. And that's where he started working his material. So I'm, oh man, life sucks. Go, oh, what, what do you want from me? Some of it. Like he would, you know, be all over it. And then. Uh, so when I saw him on the, in doing in that special, I was doubled over laughing so hard I took I had to take a knee. Like I fell out of my seat and I was taking a knee. And it wasn't long after that that I started having dreams about some jokes and stuff. And I, I couldn't sleep at night. And then I had to write some stuff down. And then oh, wow. that's what. So his that set kind of pushed me into doing some stand up. Wow. So him, Chris Rock, Chappelle, I love all those guys. Oh, right, right. The, the classic one line joke tellers I would say would be like Hedberg, Stephen Wright. Is a huge, mm -hmm. is a huge right, one, yeah. and I saw Stephen Wright at uh, Vancouver Comedy Fest. Really? Uh, well, I got to perform t in, in that t when I was out there twice, and so the one year I got to see Stephen Wright uh, perform, and he was on stage for two hours, just doing one-liners, oh. and he had one, he had two mics, and one was set up by a guitar, and one was over where he stood up, and he would go back and forth, and he, ah, the, the the pure amount of material that he would pump out, yeah, with those one-liners, I was I'm in awe of because I'm more of a story guy, I, you know. More yeah. rambly, more talky, like, you know, stuff with me and my kid, ah, you know. Yeah. It'll all be in the series, you know, <laughs> which is not at all semi-autobiographical. I can't stress that uh, enough. So, but, uh, you know, the boisterous, the kind of big comics, Bill Burr, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm a fan of Louis. Ooh, yeah. Careful. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a tough one. Sometimes you got to like the art. Yeah, you, you know, know, it's a, that's definitely a slippery slope there. But um, yeah. I went all the way to Winnipeg recently just to see Doug Stanhope. Oh, nice! You went okay. So good, great, uh, so good. Vancouver yeah. Comedy Fest the one year we yeah. played like midnight poker game, and Stanhope was in on that game. Oh yeah, it was good. Nice. I, finished, I finished second. I was I just plunked down fifty <laughs> bucks so I could play with all the with all the guys in the room, right? Like Irwin Barker's there, Paul Bay, mm -hmm. Kevin Fox, all the you know a lot of Canadian comedy nice. guys, and uh, Stanhope was there. He wasn't in the best shape. No. <laughs> he was, he was, I, pretty, was pretty late. I think. I think actually, he he seemed like in 
fairly decent shape mm-hmm. when he was performing. He had like a haircut. I mean, he had his usual outfit, like with a plaid jacket on and everything. But I was watching him thinking, you look like you have things together now. And, and at the one hand, I'm like, good for you. But on the other hand, I thought, I don't know. It's not... I, I, we, we need we need your misery and your misfortune <laughs> right. to really get into the comedy. Well, and that, uh, it, that brings up an interesting thing about how, and I know I... I won't say suffer from it, but I <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes keep myself in the muck so that it informs my comedy better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think Stanhope kind of come, oh, comes yeah. from that discipline, if you, if, yeah. you wanna call, if you wanna call it that. Uh, it's a little bit like, I've been talking about it a few times. Have you seen Jim and Andy? The Jim, you know? the, the Jim Carrey documentary about oh, him yeah, playing yeah. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gentlemen. Yeah. Really good. A yeah, good. If you're, if you're yeah. fans of comedy at all, and the process behind it, yeah. uh, definitely check that out. Uh, just kind of talking about how Jim Carrey was talking about. Uh, I think Michael Gondry was the director of Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless mm-hmm. Mind, and he talked about how during the filming for that, uh, or just before it, Gondry had met with Carrey, and Jim Carrey was going through a tough part in his life, and Michael Gondry was like, "Oh my God, you're perfect right now. <laughs> Don't." don't change like basically saying to him hey can you stay depressed for another year while we film this movie <laughs> which right. you know he did yeah <laughs> and have you been following twitter and carry or carry on twitter lately no his no, no. Boy, well, he's, in, he's putting out, he puts out about a portrait a day he's these very uh these, oh, these paintings yeah. where he's very very uh uh smashing politics and comedy together in a very big way let's just call interesting. it interesting yeah no it's a, he's a good follow check him out yeah, I think people have always like kind of written him off, and I know that I certainly did uh, back during like the In Living Color Day and, and stuff like that. Where you know he's just like he mugs. That's what he does. Yeah. He, right. You know he makes his butt cheeks talk, and he can like you know screw his face up. Um, but his dedication to his craft yeah. and um, you know how deep he goes into the the movies that he's done is really impressive. Well, that's why Jim and Andy is quintessential viewing yes. to, yeah. to watch it. Where basically, well, you could you could make the argument, well, he didn't actually do anything. He let Andy take over his body because that's pretty much yeah. what is he he surmises. But what else he goes through in that film and kind of his you know transcendence of comedy and, and acting and moving past the point of being the biggest global movie star. The biggest. Jim Carrey was the first $20 million man. Yeah. The first. He was on such an untouchable status there for a few years where he made Ace, you know, both those Ace Ventures, Cable Guy, right. uh, um, The Mask. The Mask. Liar, yeah. liar. And he yeah. was just the biggest thing. You know, he, he's, he's proof of manifest destiny, right? That whole idea of writing himself that million dollar check, doing stand up from the time he was 14, and he just willed all this stuff to happen to the point now where. I, I would love to be in that guy's head. Just spend a little bit of time with him. One day, I'll, 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 I, I, I hope I get to have tea with Jim Carrey at one point. Yeah, it would be nice. That would be a that would be a bucket list. There, type there's of a dream. Yeah, Because yeah. from the from a sketch comedian's point of view, what he can do character wise, and I mean, like you said, a lot of it's a lot of it's mugging, and that was his early stand up was mugging in characters, and then he dumped it all. Uh, and then he would go to he would do rooms where people came to see him do that stuff, and he would get yeah. booed yeah. because he's trying to do. He would just try to do regular material, but hey, yeah. do that thing where you fall backwards really quickly, you know? You fireman Bob. Yeah, yeah, fireman. Oh, uh, or the fire fire, fire marshal Bill. Fire marshal Bill. That's Sorry, it. I, yeah. Yeah. Fireman Bob. That's his. That's, that's his early that's, work yeah. when he was at the <laughs> Young Guts and Toronto. But yeah, no, there's uh, there's Carrie, there's Jim Carrey material. Even though some of his mugging, like he would do him imiti- like when he would do impersonations, and he would just sort of turn around and then like like 
turn his face around and you'd know who it was just by his... You didn't have to say anything. Brilliant. I'm a fan yeah. of the guys that can contort their face like that. Yeah. I can. I mean, there's a few things that I can do. There's some a few accents that I can do. I like doing the character stuff, but in some respects, I find it hacky though too. But uh, that process is something you have to go through if you want to actually create a real character when you're trying to be someone quote unquote real in a you know in a dramatic series or or whatever else it is. Right. Um, it's uh, every process is different and every show is different too. It's. Uh, it's an interesting, it's you know, if, if it's it's a hard knock knock life, if you will. Lame, <laughs> So have you been kind of like preparing to do this show your whole life in a way? I kinda. I mean, more than I think about it now. Like, I was would never have been capable to do this at any other time period. In some respects, it's had, and this is the kind of thing that's had me excited about it. There's been a certain amount of momentum behind it where the universe is kind of like, hey, keep, yeah, keep, you're on the right track with this one. Keep going, right? You know, if you follow your true destiny, the universe conspires to assist you. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit of the, wind, you know, Saskatchewan Prairie wind at my back with this. Because <laughs> I've done different things and filmed different pilots and been a part of different groups and some, you know, minimal successes, but mostly failures along the way. And, Really, it's all the cliche stuff. Like every all of your, every all of your mistakes and failures in life just prep you for, for for when you do become that success, or for when you do do that breakthrough show or project yes. or become the expert in your field, whatever it is. Uh, whatever you want to do in life, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, no matter what it is, it takes ten years. You you got to put at least a decade in. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost yeah, yeah. two decades in into the acting <laughs> and comedy stuff. So it's, you know, but I don't do it. If, if fame and if fame and fortune or fame and money are byproducts of success, okay, great. But that's never my that's never my goal. I want to put out good work because I have this burning I don't know what inside me that forces me to do this that I can't not do it. Which is really one of the only reasons to do the arts or comedy because you can't <laughs> not do it. Exactly. It is yeah. cruel. It is so so cruel to carve out a life or a livelihood and, and, and to feed that to feed that uh, to feed that beast. But it's essential, and I think it's in all of us. And uh, I absolutely, I absolutely love doing it. I love thriving off of it. And I, I and I want to be respected by the people I work with. If those, you know, a comfortable living, you know, paying bills, you know, yeah. I, I, I would really like a sectional couch, Oof. a se- sectional couch, Ooh, a hot man. tub, and a king size bed. Those are my three kind of big, Whoa. big ticket where I'd say, like, hey, I made it. Those yeah. are my big items. Like, <laughs> hey man, Sean's got a hot tub. Look out. <laughs> so. It's got a sectional couch in a hot tub on a king size. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now we're talking. Yeah. Oh. I love this. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, this is great. How, how My pleasure, doing? guys. How are we doing for time right now? What's we got up? a couple of minutes left. Um, okay. I should actually. I forgot to mention that we're ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Nobody cares now. The moment is lost. We missed it. <laughs> yeah. We missed our our fifteen minutes. We, we missed our we missed our big shot <laughs> at, at station identification. CRTC is going to like kick us to the curb. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we got a couple of minutes, and I think it's just enough time because I did actually have a thing that uh, I think we should bring up okay. uh, before we go out because it was something that was happening at City Hall upstairs uh, last week during our meeting. They didn't think to invite us. What I know. Uh, especially since this was a thing where apparently at the March 15th Community and Protective Services Committee meeting, there was a motion uh, requesting administration to investigate and report back on paid parking infrastructure and a plan for improvement. We have improvement in our name, and they didn't 
give us a call and ask for our input. Hmm. They're modernizing our parking in the city. They're looking for improvements. We're what? the people to give we, them that. We, yeah, we do all the improvement. Yeah. Or I think we do. Well, I, no, we don't get much feedback seems around that here. Way. Yeah. No, nobody really cares. Clearly. <laughs> so one of the things that administration looked into is they're trying to find ways to make parking and paying for parking better for people and easier. And uh, so they looked into this thing called a pay-by-phone system, which apparently all these civilized cities in the civilized world have this pay-by-phone system where instead of plunking coins into a meter like we do in Regina, you can use your phone. There's an app, and you just say, I want to park at this spot. There'll be like a number. Mm-hmm. You punch it in. You say your location. You say how long you want to park there, and you can like just pay it off of your credit card. Are you a fan of that? I'm a fan of that. Yeah. For convenience sake. I'll, yeah. I'll explain. Um, so basically what it is, is this is like a virtual parking meter, right? Like there, you don't have to have really have to even have a parking meter there. Wow. You can just like but go if, up. But what if you had VR goggles and you could see a parking meter there? Mm-hmm. Just just because people are used to it. See, this is why we should have been in the meeting. This exactly. is how you could improve pay by parking or pay by phone parking. Um, so anyways, if they decided to institute this downtown... For $100,000, every single parking spot in downtown could be functioning on this pay-by-phone system tomorrow, hmm. right? So we just need to come up with $100,000. They said what they could do is they could let's, either do it next year's budget. Let's steal it budget. from, uh, from Sean's We could Indiegogo. get it from the Indiegogo. <laughs> yeah. Or they could put a $0.35 cent charge on every uh, parking transaction, okay. and that would cover it. And they could have it in basically tomorrow. Wow. Right? So a lot of people think this is a really good idea. The alternative is to do what they've done before. They have these uh, parking meters on 11th Avenue where you can pay by credit card. Apparently, uh, those cost like three, four times more than a regular parking meter. Uh, they've been there for three years. The company is basically shutting down and saying, yeah, we're not updating those anymore. So mm-hmm. this investment of thousands of dollars that has only been used like 10% of the time when people use these things uh, is basically obsolete now three years after they put them down. Um, if they put this pay-by-phone system in, then we could keep all of our coin meters. And people could pay with their coins, or they could pay with their phone. Um, so anyways, uh, to switch to a credit card system on all the meters, credit card meters, that'd be millions of dollars. And the city wants to charge, wants to get $50,000 of city money to hire a consultant to decide, what do we do? Oh, no. Yes, let's yeah, hire more on. consultants. I, I got two words. How about this? Free parking. How about that? Free parking that? is good. Yeah. I have three words. Ooh. Not free parking. <laughs> so this is what I propose, because one of the problems is we just don't have enough revenue in the city. We're always looking for innovative revenue oh, tools. If we have a system where we can have pay-by-phone, virtual parking meters downtown, there's no reason we can't have them everywhere. All the time. All the time. Every single parking spot everywhere in the city could be hooked into this pay-by-phone <sighs> system, and we could always pay for parking. <laughs> so Fine. even so, even, so residential streets, so you want to park residential on the side streets. residential Absolutely. street, you have to pay to park there? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, really? Whoever. Yep. So this is... Th- it, when you go down to, like, the Golden Mile... Go into their parking lot. You go down to Southland Mall. You have to like pay Harbor Landing. You got to pay in their parking so you, lots. You don't have a car. I take it. <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> and if you don't pay, if you refuse, if you try to opt out, we'll train squirrels to like steal your wallet. That too. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, that, most of my solutions involve squirrels stealing stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Or more locks. Um, <laughs> but if if every single parking spot was charged for, instead of having to pay whatever it is, a dollar an hour or a dollar a half hour right. downtown, it would probably, you could get the price point down to like, you know, 10 cents a minute. Not even, no, 10 cents a minute would be worse. <laughs> you want to you take, so you want to take parking to the, free, to the free market. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we could have like we could have like hot time parking pricing. Ooh, kind of like Uber pricing. for parking. And Surge pricing, with your yeah. phone proposal, I'm imagining then that you could pay for parking by Bitcoin, any cryptocurrencies, yep. whatever sure. else as well, right? Yeah, blockchain yeah. this yeah. mofo. Yeah. You're all over it. Oh yeah. yeah. Can you blockchain your way out of the sub basement? Have you guys tried to figure that out yet? <laughs> Evidently no. <laughs> no. We can't we tr- we try to buy our way out, but uh apparently our cryptocurrency is um just some scraps of paper and that isn't real cryptocurrency. <laughs> That's monopoly yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> monopoly you guys, coin. You guys all were right. duped like by that, that mega troll <laughs> <laughs> in the top hat. <laughs> Well, he is getting into his limo. Yeah, yeah, Four and twenty his... years ago, I ripped off these two fellas in the sub basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's what we get for going on Reddit. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's it. That was my that was my plan. That's that's not a bad plan. Yeah. You know, the other thing we could do, we could do what Saskatoon is doing uh, for cannabis businesses. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want a cannabis business in Regina, now there's lots of regulation they're proposing to make it a massive pain. Uh, but the license fee is zero dollars. The proposed fee in Saskatoon, and you're not going to believe this. I, I believe it. You believe it? Twenty thousand dollars. Holy moly! Bing 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 bing. That's not bad. That's up, that's up from zero. They yeah. are modeling it though. Vancouver's is pretty high. Yeah. yeah. In Alberta, it's a little different. But so they're kind of picking. They're kind of shooting the middle a little bit. Yeah. Right. But that is, uh, that, uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Uh, they, they don't want to make it easy for anybody just show up with like a bag of weed <laughs> right hey it's bag, bag of weed on the corner pot market yeah <laughs> all right well i think that's it i think we are out of time the time okay. locks are going to open up on the doors and sean all you right. can get out i still yeah. we still have to fill in the paperwork for this meeting thanks so. guys it's warm in here yeah it, it does it gets it gets kind yeah. of thank goodness for the water though yes yeah yeah off, off the, co- the condensation from the boiler room pipes is very refreshing <laughs> Uh, so I'm going I'm I'm to move to adjourn. Do you second I that motion? will second that motion. Okay, motion adjourned. Uh, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR, Regina Community Radio. This episode has been brought to you by Councillor Flagel's Hagel Bagels, Raise the Cream Cheese and Suppress the Locks with Hagel Bagels from Councillor Flagel. Uh, your hosts are Paul Shen and Morgan. Thanks to Sean Cook, our guest, uh, who has come up with It's a Hard Knock Knock Life. Uh, this sounds really exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, right. Our music from Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, as always. Uh, we can be found on Twitter, Queen City IB, and on Facebook. Also on QueenCityIB.com. Remember that Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel. Stop making that mistake, people. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, uh, you can uh, you can hear Medi V with an Aircore Cabaret, followed by the cockpit. That's all for now. Keep on improving, Regina.